on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, heard on 96.5 FM, or wherever you are, whatever you're doing, on the ESPN app, you can listen to us there, you can tell Alexa to enable the ESPN Syracuse skill and listen that way, you can listen on our podcast anytime you want, on demand. Just go to iTunes, hit ESPN Syracuse, that little subscribe button there, and you can listen whenever you want. Four o'clock in the morning, and you wake up and you say, wait a minute, I didn't I didn't listen to On the Block yesterday. I just, I need to fill this void in my life. The podcast's right there. As a matter of fact, it's like a condensed half-hour version of the show. So any way you take it in, we greatly appreciate that. How's your Thursday going so far? Yes, it's Thursday. Feels like Wednesday, but it's Thursday, that weird week, I... Came home today, like, why are the garbage cans out on Thursday? Oh, yeah, that whole, this is that weird week where it feels like it's Wednesday, but it's really Thursday. Everybody got that? It's Thursday. 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 Hope your Thursday's going well. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. All terrific ways to hit us up and fire off your hot takes. That's hot. The show progresses forward. Wes Brown is going to join us today. You may recall we had Wes on the show last week. Wes from NBAprospects.com. He's based in Toronto. Terrific NBA insight. Former employee of the Dallas Mavericks. Now has his own scouting service. And we had Wes on last week because he had some very interesting insight on O'Shea Brissett and what he was hearing about what scouts and people that were at the Combine were saying about O'Shea. We discussed that and... He's got a lot of insight, not only on the draft, but he is in Toronto, so he can give us some great insight on the Raptors in the finals, and uh, we really enjoyed talking hoops with Wes last week, so we're going to circle back and do that again, bring up a few things with Wes today on the draft and the finals, Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, where we're at now, because when we talked to Wes last, there was still a little twinge of doubt whether or not O'Shea Brissett was in or out. Now we know he's in. When we talked to West last, he still had the opportunity to go up until the deadline, which was yesterday. And most of us felt that he would take all that time. And then the next day, with eight days remaining, until he had to make that decision, 
put out a statement that said, nope, I'm in, let's go. So since that has settled in, the workouts that he's gone to, and where O'Shea lies now in the NBA draft overview. Same thing with Tyus Battle, as we will discuss later this hour. Hot takes to come. <laughs> it is literally hot takes in a way today when we tell you about the story of Rick Patino, who is not happy about something going on at the games he now coaches in Greece. And what will be today's edition in a world where the lines blur more often than not between the real world and the onion in today's edition of No, This Is Not a Story from the Onion. And it involves Rick Patino and it's a doozy. We'll tell you what that's all about later in the show. We'll do the blind side as usual. The NBA Finals begin tonight, as we mentioned. We'll discuss with Wes Brown a little more on Bayheim's Army as we continue to learn this roster. And is it a roster that is being constructed that can take on the mighty overseas elite? But we start with how important this series will be. It is May 30th. We have plenty of baseball to be played over the next few months. You know that. I know that. You can't even start to take the standings seriously in baseball until Memorial Day passes, which it has. So you kind of take a look and you say, okay, where are we at? And where we're at, first of all, we're at a point here where there are five teams that if I could, and pretty soon I'll be able to do this, but for now it's for entertainment purposes only, but if I could put a bet down that these five teams are going to represent the American League in the postseason, I would make that bet even today, even with the wild nature of baseball, the unpredictability of injuries and everything that can happen in the that's baseball Susan mode over the next few months. Because we've got all of June, all of July, all of August, and all of September. That's a lot of time. But I would be willing to plunk down a bet that the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Twins, and Astros are the teams. Three of those from the American League East, which is going to make this division race interesting to watch. The Twins are starting to get a sizable lead as the Astros are. I mean, the Astros are not only the best team in the American League, but arguably in all of baseball. So it's not a bold statement to say that a few of those teams are going to make the postseason, but it doesn't really appear like anybody's going to chase them down. But we'll let that play out. You know, that's the early assessment after Memorial Day. Where are we at here? Those teams seem to be separating themselves, even with the flaws that they have. Which brings us to Yankees-Red Sox, because last year it was the opposite. The Red Sox got off to such a hot start and built such a lead that as good as the Yankees were, they just couldn't catch the Red Sox. And the, the season series between the two came down to the last game. Uncle Brent won a nice little wager on that. Nice uh, bottle of, of adult beverage and a terrific lunch. And the same bet is back in play. Shout out to my friend and colleague, Katie Kramer, who we've renewed the bet for this year. Well, I'm feeling like I'm going to owe Katie a nice bottle of beverage and a lunch this year because as it stands here today, the Yankees have a seven and a half game lead. If the Red Sox are going to make a move, they've got to make it now. And I'm not saying they've got to take this series, although that'd be nice, but they've got to make a move on the Yankees here or they're playing for the wild card. I still firmly believe this is a playoff team. But there's some questions there. 
The amazing part about this, though, is the Red Sox built the lead they did a year ago with the all-star team that they had. The Yankees have built this lead and are playing the way that they are with a lineup they're going to put out tonight of LeMahieu, Voigt, Hicks, Sanchez, Torres, Morales, Ursula, Mabin, Gardner, and J-Hap starts. That's the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Yankees. That is not the New York Yankees. But the Yankees, however you want to phrase them, have that lead and are playing that well, even without all the key players that have been out due to injury. Since the Yankees started 6-9, and nine, they are 30-10 and 10 in their last 40. They have won eight straight series. They hit four homers in a 7 nothing win over the Padres alone yesterday. Sorry about that, Paulie Sevilla. So they go into this series 13-3 and in their last 16. They have scored at least five runs in 10 of their last 11 after LeMahieu, Voigt, Ursula, and Glaber Torres homered on Wednesday. You know who that sounds like? That sounds like the Red Sox last year. That sounds like a team that just destroyed the baseball, got amazing starting pitching, actually had a bullpen, and that did waver throughout the year. But that's just the thing, because Chris Sale, when you look at Sale's record, it's not impressive at this point. But if you've watched Sale his past few starts, he's looking like he's getting it together. And we've mentioned that. One of the reasons you couldn't really take anything seriously until after Memorial Day was the Red Sox did this whole thing where they shut down their starting pitching basically during spring training, and they've been playing catch-up ever since. But Sale was not there with his velocity. I mean, the guy was just getting rocked early. So as it stands right now, heading into tonight, he's 1-6 with a 4.19 ERA. He's 1-1 with a 2.23 ERA in his last five starts and has a 2.44 ERA in seven starts since he allowed four runs on seven hits in five innings against the Yankees in a performance that he deemed, and anybody would deem, frankly, embarrassing. So he has been pitching better but put himself in such a hole early that it's going to take a while for him for the record and the numbers to catch up to how he's pitching. The Red Sox lineup is fine. They're smashing the ball, as you would expect. You knew that was going to come around. What is not fine is this this absolute disaster of a bullpen they have. Tuesday night being just the latest. Six scoreless innings from David Price. Then in comes Walden, Barnes, Brazier, and Lakins. Seven runs over final two innings to the Indians. Now let's go to last night. Taylor, Brewer, Velasquez combined to surrender seven runs in four innings. I mean, the Sox scored nine last night and got beat big. The offense is there as Benatendi, Betts, Bogart, and even, hey, Jackie Bradley Jr. did something on the offensive end. As Pee Wee Herman once said, take a picture, it'll last longer. But you knew that would be there. It looks like their starting pitching's coming around, but their bullpen's a disaster. And Craig Kimbrell's still sitting out there. And look, Craig Kimbrell made me lose a lot of sleep during the postseason and took about five years off my life as I watched the Red Sox win the World Series last year. But that might have to be an option. 
Suffice it to say, as the trade rumors will start to kick into gear here, that the Red Sox better be buyers on that market. Because this whole bullpen by committee thing ain't working. There was a while there where it looked like it was going to, but it's not working. So if the Sox are going to move back into this conversation for the division, you don't want to put everything in a series that starts in the month of May, although we're about to turn over to June. But they've got to make a move at some point. And taking this series from one of the hottest teams in baseball that happens to be your rival, that happens to be the one that looks like you a year ago, well, it's got to start sometime, and it'd be nice if it started tonight. It'd be nice if it started now. Because these two teams, as much as they play, and we've got a few more series to go, and it's spread out throughout the season, they bring out the best in each other. When you see that the Red Sox and Yankees are playing over the course of a long season— That's a game you're going to stop and watch. That's something that you're going to take in. That's something you're going to be curious about. Even with the NBA Finals going on right now, and, eh, come on, it's May. Who cares? Now, Red Sox-Yankees always brings a little more intensity. But they're not even the Yankees. They're, They're scranting right now. So it's incredible what they're doing. I'll be just as curious as anybody to see how the Sox make a move, what they do, how they do it, And once the Yankees start getting back all these players that are actual New York Yankees that are important parts of this team, and it's just incredible what they're doing without them, are they going to do what the Red Sox did a year ago? I could totally see that happening, where you're just going to get to a point where the biggest problem the Yankees are going to have is complacency. Having such a big lead in the division knowing they're a postseason team, that what you've got to fight off is what the Atlanta Braves had to deal with back in the day and certain teams that just own their divisions and would have that secretariat-like lead in what they do. Because if the Yankees are doing this now without all those key names, Stanton and Judge and the players that have been out, and when they start coming back and getting back into the swing of things, look out. Seth and I will uh, go a little more in-depth on Red Sox-Yankees later in the show, and Yankees on deck will cover it fully in-depth after this show. So plenty more to come on that. We're going to talk to Wes Brown next, though, our guy in Toronto, so we certainly have to get some NBA Finals discussion out of him. Now that O'Shea is in and there's no turning back, what are the scouts saying? What's the latest buzz on him and Tyus Battle. We certainly asked him about Quincy Garrier last time around because he has a scouting service and ranks Quincy Garrier as the number one player in Canada, incoming Syracuse basketball freshman. But again, now that we know O'Shea is fully in, what does that do for Quincy? And can he be one of those instant impact players for Syracuse in the fall? I think a lot of people are anticipating he's going to get more minutes and he's going to have every opportunity to be that guy. Is he ready to do that? So Wes Brown will join us next to discuss all that. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Uh, speaking of, of Yankees and Red Sox, I believe uh, our man Lee Baldwin was there last night. Isn't that correct, sir? Hey, Brent. How are yes, you? I was. Yeah, so, it was like watching a softball game. A lot of ball, uh, <laughs> runs were scored. I was going to say, despite the uh, the score going the wrong way, uh, you certainly had an entertaining ball game to watch between the Indians and Red Sox. 
Right, and we had a little Bruins on the TV, and it was all good. So the full Boston night. So oh, I got. I'm sorry for not calling. I got it. No, that's fine. I got to ask you about that though. So yeah, that city is just obviously over the moon for the Bruins right now. So were they showing the the Stanley Cup game at Fenway as you guys were watching baseball? Yeah. How did they do that? Uh, well, I mean, we were fortunate to be in a box, so we had like five TVs going. But oh. every time a goal was scored, they'd put it on the big scoreboard. Crowd would go wild. What crowd was there? It was uh, Those people are crazy about their pro sports teams, for oh, it, sure. It's incredible the run that they're on. They could go from uh, the Red Sox, as we were just discussing, Patriots, and if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, which I fully anticipate them doing. You know, Boston fans tend to be miserable, Lee, but they've got nothing to complain about now. And I can say that because I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> Not for the last 10 years, really, around that town. So, How are we um, doing on the market today, my friend? So, you know, uh, the market, uh, Mike Diamond today is the market finally up. We've had a few down days in a row. So uh, Mike Diamond goes to the Dow Jones closing on the plus side. And my dog, I'm going with Sam Adams, down 2%. And I did the best I could while I was there. So <laughs> How about I did that? the best I could. You go to Boston, you do everything you can to help it out, but here we are, they're down a little bit. I will try to help the cause myself when I get off the air later. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. We'll talk, talk again soon. You. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen, fresh off his trip to Boston. Fenway Pack. Where, uh, yeah, he watched a softball game last night. We'll see what the uh, Red Sox and Yankees do later. But we'll talk to Wes Brown about the NBA Finals and a little hoops next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You know, it used to be that you knew it was summer when they were rocking in Weedsport, right? Dated reference. Tommy and Neil out in the hallways producing the show are like, what? What? Who? What is he talking about? To my people out there that get that joke, come on. Bros, you know what's up. You know when I know it's summer, though? When it's Taste of Syracuse time. And it's coming up next weekend, Friday, June 7th, Saturday, June 8th, the Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse, presented by Tops Friendly Markets. We're going to be there, by the way, doing this show next Friday from 4 to 6, so make sure you come up and say hello. Make sure you take advantage of a special opportunity to register for a chance to win a trip with us to ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. We'll be at the Spectrum News Broadcast Tower, but you know the deal with Taste of Syracuse. Dollar samples, baby, of some of the best food in central New York and some of the best music in central New York. Sugar Ray's the headliner Saturday night. 90s bump artist. Can't wait to see them, but there is so much great local music on so many different stages on both days of the Taste of Syracuse. It's all coming up next Friday and Saturday Right here in the heart of downtown Syracuse, baby. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do it. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. It's not just every day. It's two or three times a day that I find myself saying, wait a minute, hold on. Is this from The Onion or is this real? Yay, democracy. This is not fake news. This is real news. And you check it and you look at it and you say, are we sure about this? And this is today's example. So we know that Rick Pitino is coaching in Greece. 
I'm going to try. I didn't look this up ahead of time because I do this for your amusement. Okay, let's see. Okay. Panathinakos? Panathinakos? Is that it? No, that's not it. Can somebody look that up for me? Panathinakos, although that's not correct, Coach Rick Pitino has criticized fans of the Greek basketball club for smoking and lighting flares during games, saying that they are showing a lack of respect for the players. Again, this is not from the onion. Unless somebody's pulling off one of the great gags of all time and ESPN fell into that trap, this is a real story. Quote Patino, it's extremely self-centered and selfish of people, said late Wednesday night after Penathinda beat Mm, pit, mm, let's see. Peristry. Peristry? Is that? No, that's not how you say that. Anyway, he beat that team. One P team beat another P team, 91-68 in the Greek League semifinals. He described the atmosphere at the game as, quote, awful. Here's another quote from Patino. Quote, I smoke cigars on a golf course, but there's nobody else around. When you're in an arena and 10,000 people are smoking and the players are choking... Sooner or later, you've got to say, hey, man, we're at an athletic event, and I'm going to discipline myself, and we'll wait until halftime. And I'm going to go out, and I'm going to blow my brains out with cigarettes. That's your option, but not when there's athletes and there's kids who want to come to the game. They don't care about young people and the athletes who are breathing it in. Okay, so let's stop right here for a moment. There are still smoke-filled gyms in Europe. I think I knew this, but to see it come around... Again, and have Rick Patino complaining about it. This is incredible. But see, we haven't gotten to the flares part. It's one thing to smoke inside an arena, which is just unthinkable these days in the United States of America. We haven't gotten to the flares because Patino took over this team in December. And while frequently praising fans for their passionate support of the Athens Club, he has also been frustrated by violence and bad behavior at games. This is, a, again, a real quote from a real person about things happening at a basketball game, and it's Rick Pitino. Quote, I think all this stuff with shooting flares, someone is going to get burned and someone's going to get hurt. To me, I think it's nonsense. I think the fans should pay attention to the team's players and try to get them to play better. Uh, Greece and Bulgaria, by the way, have the highest rates of smoking in the European Union, in the European Union, with the proportion of daily smokers at 27% in both countries. There is just so much to unpack here. So this is where Rick Pitino's life is at. Rick Pitino is coaching a Greek basketball team and is complaining about people smoking in the arena. And may I remind you, lighting off flares during the game. Flares, those things you see in the road when there's an accident and you've got to get in the other lane. Yes, flares. There's smoking in the arena. There's violence at games. And this is like normal. This is like, hey, welcome to Greece. <laughs> this, my friends, is a movie. This is what this is. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't be sharing this idea with you on the radio. I should be trademarking this privately right now. This is incredible. Say all you want about Patino, who, again, this is where Rick Patino's life is at, that he's got a coach in a smoke-filled gym in Greece dodging flares. Now, to add a twist to this, after I saw that on my timeline, 
shortly after I see this from our friends at Syracuse.com. Hey, guess who's going to Greece, everybody? Oh, that would be some Syracuse players and coaches. We know about the Italy trip in August, right? But Syracuse's Jalen Carey, Coach Adrian Autry, and Alan Griffin will take part in a three-game tour of Greece in June. So get ready to dodge flares, question mark? Playing smoke-filled gyms, question mark? Perhaps run into Patino at some point, question mark? I mean, That's it's, hot. It's not only hot, it's mind-blowing. that this. I just <laughs> I read that story and I said, okay. This is on ESPN.com, and I looked. If it's on the Internet, it must be true. Other sites reporting it. This is legit. That's Rick Pitino. This is not The Onion, right? I got up. I walked away. I came back. I said, all right, let's check that again. Let's just make sure I was not in some sort of psychotic dream state or drug state in a moment. Somebody slipped something in my coffee this morning. No, this is happening in a gym in Europe, and Rick Pitino was there. This is a movie. Someone needs to make a movie about this league where they're lighting up flares We hear so much about European soccer, but apparently European basketball is an underrated thing. It's like the old, you know, gladiator movies. This is still happening in basketball games in Greece. The New York Mets are not happy. They have um, accused the Los Angeles Dodgers of stealing signs. After the Mets' 7-3 victory over the Dodgers Tuesday night, many Mets players were concerned that the Dodgers knew what pitches were coming. Said Mets bench coach Jim Riggleman, quote, they're not getting cheated. We made some pretty good pitches that they got. Okay. Mets manager Mickey Calloway added, quote, that's what the Dodgers do. It appears they know what's coming. Now, you may recall that people accused Manny Machado of stealing signs last year. Scouts around Major League Baseball have noticed how the Dodgers have guessed right on so many of their big swings, if the Dodgers are doing something illegal, if they are videotaping things or doing something beyond the rules of baseball, well, report it, they'll investigate, and they'll find them. But if they're simply stealing your signs by traditional methods, you need to change your signs, perhaps. I'm always amazed by this. If I was a baseball team and people picked up on my signs, before I would talk about it publicly, I would change my signs. I would adjust that. And if you do that and they're still picking up on it, and maybe this is what's happening, then you talk about it in the media and say, gee, it's kind of curious how the Dodgers know what's coming. Well, did you change your signs? Yes, we did change our signs, as a matter of fact. Meanwhile, in the, uh, how can I put this? Baseball is one of those things about unwritten rules and codes and things that have happened throughout the years. Tim Anderson, and you will hear our friend Jason Benetti on the call here for this, stepped up to the plate today in this half. He is an all-star. And he got hit in the head. Tim gets hit. He looks back at the mound, and Sparkman gets ejected. So Mark Carlson knows the history. Maldonado screaming at him. Here comes Ned Yost, and off we go as Nick Capra is running in from third base to check on Tim Anderson. Maldonado's irate. Yost is as well, but frankly, they shouldn't have done what started this in the first place. And so Maldonado's screaming at him, but what do you expect the umpires to do? This guy was involved in a melee. The Royals hit him last time, then he hits him again. I, whether it's intentional or not, they made their bed. A little early for silly season. Usually this happens in the dog days of baseball when nothing else is happening. But here we are again. And 
by the way, first of all, doesn't Jason Benetti, our friend, we love him. We'll talk to him again soon on the show, I'm sure. Is that Sean McDonough or is that Jason Benetti? And as many of you know, but in case you don't, Jason Benetti does the best impression of Sean McDonough I've ever heard and anybody's ever heard, frankly. So you hear a lot of McDonough and Benetti, but now we're getting into broadcast nerd stuff there. But that was well said in all parts. Now, it was a breaking ball. Did it get away from him? But the umpires made the right call here. We are not going to go down this row. We are not going to mess around here. These machismo things that baseball players get into, these three-week-old grudges that they hold, this stuff just drives me crazy. This is one of those I love baseball, but I hate baseball moments why they hold on to these things, and i got to throw at this guy because he did that, and often it's the egregious error of throwing a bat or flipping a bat or having fun and celebrating in a sport that, up, oh, mark that down, we got to throw at that guy in two months when we see him again. It's just ridiculous. Did you see uh, these numbers, by the way? That's hot. While we're on the baseball front here. This is from USA Today, and I know Lindsey Kramer wrote about this on Syracuse.com the other day about AAA baseball. Because at AAA, they're starting to use this year the, the actual Major League Baseballs. They used to have a different ball, but they're using the Major League ball at the AAA level this year, and home runs are spiking. Well, Major League Baseball is now one-third of the way through the regular season. Take a guess how many players are on pace to hit 50 home runs this season. If you guess seven, you guess correctly. Two of the seven players on pace for uh, 50, Cody Bellinger and Kristen Yelich, both tied the all-time mark for homers before the start of May. In 2017, Major League Baseball's all-time record for total home runs and home runs per nine innings were broken. Even in that season, only two players broke 50, Judge and Stanton, who are now both members of the New York Yankees, right? So here's what we got so far. Bellinger, Yelich, Pete Alonzo of the Mets, Rosario from the Twins, Bell from the Pirates, Gary Sanchez from the Yankees, and Dietrich from the Reds, all on pace for 50. What does that mean? Well, I mean, we've seen this trend spike, and is the ball juiced, and our pitchers making the right adjustments. Obviously, the emphasis on it's either a home run or it's a strikeout, people not caring about strikeouts, the decline of balls in play and it's just this emphasis on home runs chicks dig the long ball right and scoring and it can be entertaining like if you want to watch a softball game like the Red Sox and Indians played last night or it could be slowly but surely eroding what makes baseball baseball seven guys on pace to hit 50 this year to quote a great Saturday Night Live skit what's up with that it's May 30th we already know that's the pace they're on Let's break on that note. We will come back. Seth Goldberg's going to hang in studio with me next hour. Speaking of baseball, Red Sox and Yankees getting underway. The NBA Finals. The blind side is coming up. Seth has his hand up. Tonight's game canceled. It is? Yeah. Already? Rained out. Rained out already. Bummer. Well, we'll still talk Red Sox-Yankees anyway, because that's what I wanted to do. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.